name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Welcome back to the well, everyone, and welcome back to the Healing Hurts series we've been going through. Of course, we know healing my hurts is what we need, and we said salvation and healing are interchangeable in this series, and, and healing my hurts, and sometimes healing does hurt. Healing hurts the way when we go through a process of, of restoration and resurrection and change in our life, we want to change. Sometimes we have to go through a hurt, but at the end, there's healing, and at the end, there's a resurrection. So I hope you're enjoying this Healing Hurt series so far. It's been great. Let's kind of do a recap of what we've been doing so far. We have to remember our theme verse for this whole series. It's from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's the key. As patients with our physician, we want him to heal us, but we must be good patients to go to him and search for him and ask for his help. If you seek him, you'll find him. But we have to seek him and search with all of our heart. And healing will come in this journey as long as we are good patients who are looking for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's do a little bit of recap going through here on the first week. The first week we said set a goal. Not just any goal, but a specific goal. Remember what Abuna Anthony said, he who aims for nothing will hit it every time. We have to aim for something in this journey. What is it specifically that I want God to heal? We can't just say, heal me, a general statement. We have to be very specific and pray and fast in our journey for that specific goal. Next, Father Timothy took us through humility. And it was so great when he said, I am a sinner and I am a child of God. Wow, that's so true. It's so freeing. I am a sinner. I do make mistakes. You make mistakes. But at the same time, we're still children of God. God's not going to forsake us. So having both go hand in hand is very important. And it doesn't make us feel shame or guilt or our, I'm a child of God only, but both go hand in hand to give us this step towards healing. So that was a great week. And last week, another great session for us on honesty. Father Anthony said, God won't heal what I won't admit. And here's the thing. It's hard for us to admit. It's hard for us to be honest. We kind of pass through our day quickly and we're so busy with this and taking care of our families or going to work. We have to stop for a second and be honest and say, God, what is it that I'm doing in front of you? What is it that I need to be healed? We remember the story of God wrestling with Jacob and he kept wrestling with Jacob. And, you know, he wasn't wrestling just to beat up Jacob. He was wrestling to get the best out of Jacob. He was wrestling to, to, to get a healing um, from Jacob. And he was wrestling and wrestling. And at the end, finally, gave in, and then he was healed, and he became Israel. And, and just a great thing, this virtue and this life of honesty, God will heal us if we admit and if we're honest with ourselves. I know we have to show ourselves and, and, and appear to others to be something. As a priest, I understand that we have to be something in front of someone. But in front of God, just be honest as you can, and he will heal, heal that. Now we're taking the next step this week. Once we've gone through setting a goal, humility, honesty, and here we go to repentance. Wow, repentance. That word comes a lot in the churches, right? They come, you heard repentance a lot. So, okay, Abuna, you want us to repent. We know that already. Well, this is the Sunday of the Samaritan woman. And the good thing about this is that, first of all, Christ had to go to Samaria to be with her and to heal her and to change her life. She wasn't expecting it. But she met him personally. 
And that conversation she had with him, and you know the conversation very well from John chapter 4. You know that conversation was back and forth and back and forth. And at the end, she was healed and she became a different person. She was going with water and to get water and then she tasted the living water and she turned out differently and it led her to a life of repentance. And if you remember what she said after she met him, it's in John chapter 4 verse 29, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Isn't that amazing? Like, she was at first kind of agitated. Why is this person here at the well? And after some time, she went to the village and said, you got to see this amazing man. He told me all things that I ever did. And it led her to a life of repentance. So she didn't just repent. She turned into a missionary. And her name is St. Fotini. And even her icon that we have in some of the Orthodox churches say that she's equal to the apostles. Imagine this lowly, sinful woman who is going to get water at the well because of her encounter with Christ. Because he didn't want to embarrass her, but he loved her and wanted to change her. It led her to this repentance that we all want in this journey. And it led her not just for repentance, but to be a great missionary. And it was an amazing journey for her, but also for us. So how does this repentance work? We're going to break it down today in a few different things. Now, this is not a, like a complete picture, but this is a great picture to understand how repentance works. How does God view us? What should we be doing? And we'll take it step by step because we really want to hold on to this life of repentance. And so the first thing is repentance is a change of mind. And we've talked about that before. A metanoia. Metanoia is a Greek word that means change of mind. And repentance actually starts in the mind. You know, that's where the roots are. That's where the sin is. That's where deep down we, need, we can't get the fruit without going to the root. And our mind is a gateway of our spiritual life. This is where a lot of things enter. Temptation enters. And, and this is the place where uh, repentance will happen. It will begin there uh, with a thought, with, a, with a, a desire. And if you look at the Samaritan woman, she went there with one thing on her mind. I'm getting water from this well, take it back to the home for all my needs. That was all that she had on her mind. But she left with something different on her mind. And it changed the way she, she lived forever from that point. So there was a progression, actually. And I want you to see this clearly. In, in John chapter 4, verse 9, she said, this man is a Jew. And that was kind of the beginning. And, and actually, this Jew is irritating me. I just want to come get water. And why is he, why is he here? And she was kind of agitated a little bit. But then she went from that agitation, and this is a Jew, then she went to John 4, 19. He's a prophet. This man is not normal. He's unique. Something special about this man. And by the time she reached John chapter 4, verse 25 and 26, she said, he's the Messiah. So from Jew to prophet to Messiah. And once she got that in her mind, that he is a Messiah, it changed everything for her. And that's what I'm saying. So repentance starts in the mind. What we really believe about God, what we believe how He looks at me, how, what we believe that um, He's doing in my life will lead me to this life of repentance. So Jew, prophet, Messiah, she had this great renewal in her mind. And that renewal changed her life forever. <clears throat> that takes us to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. A great verse that I'm sure all of you know. 
It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's so true. At first, her mind told her she's worthless. Her mind told her she couldn't be forgiven. Her mind told her it's a waste of time. But then it grew from there. It grew to, wait a minute, this person in front of me is the Messiah, and he loves me, and he's trying to help me, and he's trying to get me to, to go this life of forgiveness. And it changed. And when she had that change of mind, she didn't think of herself as worthless anymore. She didn't think of it, I'll always be this foolish person. I'll always be a sinner. She didn't think like that anymore. She thought, I have a chance. He knows everything about me. He loves me. He's encouraging me. And uh, he believes in me. And I think that repentance started in her mind of who God was really. And then it went from there. Now, you're probably asking, how does our mind get renewed like Romans 12, 2 says? How do I have this renewal of mind so I can have this repentance? And it really goes with change of mind happens in the presence of God. Isn't that what happened to the Samaritan woman? She was in His presence. And that conversation triggered something in her heart. That conversation awakened something, something in her heart. So what I'm saying to you is that, yes, we must make sure that we attend liturgies and are in our secret room in our home, in our prayer room, our icon corner, where we're praying and, um, and going throughout our day, being in the presence of God. And this caused her to repent. And it's going to cause us to repent. So how do I change my mind? It's the more I'm in front of God. The more I'm having a conversation with Christ, like the Samaritan woman had this conversation with Christ, the more there's going to be a repentance in the mind. And just to kind of give us a little bit of help here, I, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Isaiah 6, 1 is a great story of how Isaiah was in the presence of God, right? And look what happened when he was in the presence of God. Let's look at Isaiah 6, verse 1 first. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So you can see that Isaiah is seeing the presence of God and he's seeing his robe and he's on his throne and he's in the temple and this beauty of God. And this is Isaiah, just like a human like us, is in the presence of God. So what did he do by being in the presence of God? Let's look at the, one of the things a few verses later in verse 5. It says, Woe is me, for I am a man undone. For I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. Woe is me, for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. You know what he did? He saw the presence of God. He saw the beauty of God. He saw how amazing God is, and his mind is being filled by this. This is our quiet time. This is our time in liturgy. This is our time in his presence. Look what's happening. It's making him realize that he has something inside that he needs to repent of. And that's kind of the same journey I want us to take. So like I said, it's important to, to have our spiritual time and be in his presence. You know that. But I also I want to take it one step further. There's a nice book called Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. He even said, you can be in God's presence washing dishes. I know that's a hard one because I hate washing dishes and I'm sure you hate washing dishes. <laughs> but he said, work, which a lot of us are doing, should be a time of prayer. And, and, and so this time with God is not just in the morning. It's not just before we sleep. It's throughout our day. Being in His presence, even washing dishes, should put us in the presence of God to fill our mind with God. 
we're filling it with so many things. Let's be honest. We can't reach repentance because our mind is even watching news or watching this or whatever we're watching or whatever we're listening to. It's just filling our mind. It's so hard to have a repentance in the mind because there's no conversation with Christ like the Samaritan woman had. There's no Brother Lawrence washing dishes and thinking about God. There's, so we have to throughout our work, throughout our day, to remind ourselves of Him and be in His presence. And that will bring us repentance in the mind. Now what's next after repentance in the mind? Is that it? I just have repentance up here. I repent, I repent, and that's it? No. There's another step. It's not just repentance in the mind. It's not just when you make a sin, you repent in the mind, and you confess it to, to a father. It's more than that. It's not just crying about our sins. Yes, crying is important. If we have this move to, to, to tears, that's fine. But there's another step after that, which is repentance is a change of behavior. Repentance is a change of behavior. We said in the beginning, the mind is the root, but the behavior is the fruit. So that's easy to remember, right? It's from root to fruit. Root to fruit. Can you say it with me? Root to fruit. And that's really what it is. The roots, the deep down in the mind, and in, in the soul, and the heart, it's deep. We need repentance there. And then automatically, the fruit's going to come out. Right? We can, we can see from Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. When there is a repentance of the mind, there's then a repentance in our behavior. There's a fruit coming out. There's, I'm more loving, I'm more forgiving, I'm more patient, I'm more understanding. There is a fruit to what's inside that comes out. And that's clear with the Samaritan woman. When God got to the root and He was digging deep with her and He was saying, you know, the, one, the, the person you're with now is not your husband. And she's like, yeah, you're right. And he kept going back until he can get it all out. He wasn't there just to embarrass her or to make fun of her or to judge her. He just wanted to get it all, her to get it all out. So when, when she got it all out, her behavior changed. And she went on, like we said, to be St. Fotini, the enlightened one, the, the missionary, and the one who um, changed so many people's lives. So, yes, the mind... When it's repentance there, it does happen, a change in behavior. Like, if I were to tell you that you go to work next week and your boss tells you, I'm giving you a $100,000 raise. $100,000. I pray that you guys have a $100,000 raise. How would you react to that? What would you do? You would probably say, hey, I always wanted that other house. I want to buy a new house. I always wanted to, but I couldn't afford to. Or you might say... Um, oh, that second car we needed or that something I needed. I always vacation plans this summer. Maybe you're not going to that same small place and maybe you splurge a little bit on, on a vacation, right? If I tell you that you're getting a $100,000 raise, it would change everything. And of course, we know you're going to give a contribution to the building of the church. So we know that because of your giving heart. But my point is here is that when you understand something in your mind, it changes everything. It changes your behavior. If I know I get a $100,000 raise or you got a $100,000 raise, you're going to change a lot of things in your life. So that's why repentance in the mind, the renewal in the mind, being in the presence of God leads to a different kind of behavior. can't be the same behavior. I can't still, you know, be really frugal with my money if I got a $100,000 raise. I got to at least spend a little bit. Maybe some of us would still be frugal, but they got to spend a little bit more. And I think that's the that's kind of the mentality with this life of repentance is that we know that there has to be a fruit if the root is actually changing. And just to kind of go back to Isaiah 
chapter 6, now go to verse 8, it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord, saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. I want to remind you, verse 1 was, you know, him in the presence of God. Then verse 5 was like, man, I'm a sinner, and sorry, Lord, and didn't end there. Like, it wasn't just, I'm a sinner, it's, I'm ready to go for you. I'm ready to be a servant for you. I'm ready to be a missionary for you. And that's what I want to tell you that, hey, when you're living this repentance in the mind, naturally, your behavior is going to change. You're going to want to help people. You're going to want to do different things in the home. You want to go out and say, I want to serve in the church. I want to be a volunteer. I want to, I want to help out. That's what Isaiah did. It's natural because if, if I'm focused on God in His presence, it's going to change who I am, and it's going to make me realize that I have some things I need to, to fix. And it's not God embarrassing us. It's not making you feel guilty or shame, but He just wants to get it out because He wants to heal us. Remember, that's our focus in this series is for God to heal us. But part of the healing is my behavior is going to change. I'm going to go out there and do different things. And you can see Isaiah, his lifestyle and his, his missionary service started at this point, And he went out and did so many great things for God, even though it was tough for him. So, repentance in the mind. Repentance is a change of behavior. And like I said a second ago, repentance then becomes a lifestyle. And that's what I want you to know is that this thing is not just for the Great Lent. It's not just for this Healing Hurts series. This, when you, this is, everything we're doing is trying to help us have this lifestyle of repentance. So it's repentance in the mind, repentance changes my behavior, but then repentance becomes a lifestyle. Wow, how repentance with the Samaritan woman, it looks like it was just an emotional moment. She said, wow, God knows me. And, and she ran, she left the water pot. And she had the living water now, not the water, the earthly water. She had the eternal water. She had tasted. It looks like it was an emotional moment and she just went to tell people from the village and it was an emotion. It wasn't. She changed her life. She was different from then on out. Now, I'm not saying she didn't sin again. She may have had some different sins, but she was living a lifestyle of repentance. And that's all we ask for, for our congregation, for those listening and for myself, is that Asking God to keep renewing this, keep going in His presence, realizing my mistakes, but my behavior should change, but not just for an emotional moment, not just for the Great Lent or Holy Week, but as a lifestyle. It should turn into something long-lasting. And even I like from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Now the part I want us to focus in on here is that repentance leading to salvation. You see how it works? It's a life of repentance leading to salvation. It means it's an ongoing process. I'm going towards salvation. God is healing me. He's saving me. And it's, I'm always being led. To, I'm not just repenting. I did it. That's it. I'm done. No, it's a process that every day I wake up, the presence of God, I realize I wasn't so kind to my spouse. I wasn't so good at work. I wasn't so honest. I wasn't so faithful. I, I was a little bit lazy. I was a bit too busy for God. I, was, I don't serve Him like I should. I, whatever it may be, whatever is inside bothering you right now, it, it, it means that God is trying to lead you to salvation. 
But this repentance can't be for a moment, can't be just today, just can't be when you're listening right now. It has to be something long-lasting. And that's what we hope for every one of us. Now when I go to kind of these important facts about repentance or key points about repentance that I want you to know that help you out, help, help me out, I want it to help you. First point is, whatever God does, He does out of love. Let me say that again. Whatever God does, He does out of love. So you saw the way He loved the Samaritan woman and cared for her in her repentance. That's the point. It's not done out of shaming or judgment. It's done out of, done out of love. And if you follow me here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, it says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest His correction. For whom the Lord loves, He corrects, just as a father, the son in whom He delights. The Lord loves you. He's going to correct you. He's going to guide you. It's okay. Maybe people are sent to you to let you know that, hey, it needs to be changed. Maybe you realize by people in your family that you need to change something. But that's God's love saying, I want to work in you. And whatever God does, He does out of love. And you can see that clearly with the Samaritan woman. That's the first thing I want us to remember. The second thing is, the best time to respond is at the moment of conviction. What does that mean? Whenever you feel God really telling you to repent, do it now before something changes, before you forget, before you get busy, before the evil one comes and distracts you with something else and says, it's not a big deal. Right now when you're listening to this, you might want to take some time or when this session is over, take some time, go into your prayer room. If you have a chance, go to your prayer room. Yes, go to your prayer room. Be in the presence of God and talk to God and ask God to reveal what is it in you that needs to be changed. Last week we talked about honesty. This week is now it's time to repent. In the mind, a lot of things come into our mind, a lot of worry, a lot of doubt, a lot of embarrassing things, impurities. God, heal us. God, work in us. It should change your mind, change your behavior, and become a lifestyle. So I urge you, when you finish this time today, you go and you stand in front of God and start this life of repentance. And what I would even urge you even more is email your spiritual confession father right after this and make an appointment for confession because this is where the healing will continue. So that's the best time to respond is at the moment of conviction. Holy Spirit is trying to tell you something. Don't ignore it. Don't cover it up. But listen to Him. Listen to His voice and make an action right away. Change of mind, change of behavior, and a lifestyle change. So God, God does what He does out of love. The best time to respond is immediately the voice of the Holy Spirit. The last thing I would say here is God never asks anything of us without providing the grace to do it. I'm not going to ask you to, to repent or change your life unless He gives you the grace to do it. A quick example is farming, right? In Zambia, by the way, I learned a lot about farming. We have different lands that we have for farming, and I'm still learning, but I learned a lot there while I was there. And if I were to ask you to go to Zambia and farm 100 acres, I would have to give you a little bit of help and support. I have to tell you, okay, what fruits and vegetables, Abuna? Well, I would say you need to farm this much fruit, this much vegetables. How am I going to do it alone? No, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you the, the machinery. I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you the manpower. I'm going to give you 
even how to sell it and go to market and make money and, and reinvest. I'm going to tell you how to do farming and be successful. I'm not going to say, hey, go to Zambia and farm and, and just tell me how it goes. God doesn't do that either. God doesn't say, hey, just repent. He walks us through it. He takes us through it. He gives us the grace to do it, the strength to do it. And that's what leads to this next verse here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he's talking about to St. Paul here, when St. Paul had some weaknesses, he had some sickness. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God's grace is going to give us the grace to do it. He's going to give us the encouragement to do the the power to do it. He's not going to leave us alone. You're feeling, okay, I've done this before and I'm still the same and it doesn't work. God's strength is going to be made perfect in our weakness. This repentance of the mind, the behavior, the lifestyle that we want to live of repentance is to heal us because God out of his love wants to heal us. But he's not going to just say, I love you and you're on your own. He's going to give us the grace and the power to do it. So that's a very encouraging thing from God. Last thing I want to say is, thank you for listening to this session. I know it's hard to, to live a life of repentance with our busyness, sometimes our laziness, sometimes we've given up because we've tried it before, but let's ask God to go to our roots. Let's stand in His presence and ask Him to clean the inner of us. And He is taking us step by step. Don't try to measure yourself, say, I'm not changing. You can't measure what God is doing. Start asking God to renew your mind. Fill time with him. You're going to see your behavior change. You're going to see that the roots going to lead to the fruits. We talked about that earlier. And let this be a lifestyle. Let this not be, oh, I'm fasting and praying for my specific sin in Great Lent. Yes, do it for Great Lent, Holy Week. But onward, let this be a lifestyle that we're always in the presence of God, asking God to, to heal us. Remember, out of his love, he's, he's trying to, to get us to be healed. And here, just the last thing is, he's going to give us the grace to do it. So don't worry. But when you're feeling that conviction in your heart, when you're feeling the Holy Spirit nudging you, don't delay. Act right away. Go into your prayer room. Email your confession, Father. Do it right away, and you're going to see this great healing. Healing my hurts. Healing your hurts. Healing does hurt, but wow, our true physician is really healing us in a time that we really need it, and I'm sure you need it right now. Let's bow our heads and pray right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful time to share about you. Lord, I am the first one that needs healing. Heal me and help me realize my mistakes, my sins, so that I can overcome, that I can be cleaned and renewed. Renew my mind. Renew all of our minds. Renew our minds and our root inside so our behavior can change, that I can be more kind and forgiving and loving, compassionate, that I can have a pure mind, not the evil one is constantly hurting me in my mind. Renew our minds so that we can have this lifestyle of repentance, this lifestyle of repentance leading to salvation, Lord, Please, Lord, save us. Please, Lord, help us. Thank you for this, this great time in your presence and with your people. We ask all this in your name, the session of St. Mary, St. Mark, St. Athanasius, St. Timothy, and all the saints. Lord, hear us, we thankfully say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And in Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us here today. You can find us on any social media platform, except for maybe MySpace, if that's even still around. We encourage you to share a message that inspired you with your family and friends. 
If there's anything we can do for you, visit our website and let us know how we can help or how we can pray for you. If you aren't receiving our weekly emails, what are you waiting for? Click the Stay Connected button on our website. Have an amazing, God-filled week.